Good morning. Welcome to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church. My name is Reverend Brandi Rigsby, and I want to welcome each and every one of you here this morning. If you're joining us online, I also want to extend a special welcome to you. But it is nice to be gathered as we begin a new year today. Well, beyond today. It's, it's already started. But together we begin a new year. Um, I want to take a moment just to offer a few announcements and reminders as we get started. Please remember to check our church webpage and Facebook page for ongoing announcements and updates. And if you are joining us online, please know that Mark is in the back, um, keeping an eye on, the, on that Facebook page and the YouTube feed. So if you have any questions or need anything, please know that he is there responding to that. And if there are any other questions, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Also, we are taking down our Christmas decorations today. As sad as that is, and it does feel a little different in here afterwards, but if you could stick around after worship, it should go pretty quick. The more hands, the quicker it goes. All the boxes are laid out already, and we get, can get to work as soon as the worship service is over. And then that brings me to the poinsettias up here. I think those who wanted them have taken them. So Valerie now wants the rest of them to disappear. So, we, uh, after worship, please take them with you. Take them for yourself. Take them for someone you know. Surprise somebody and drop it off on their doorstep. Just make sure they are no longer here after today. So, but thank you so much for those who gave and those we remembered during the Advent season. And now we want to make sure they can uh, bless someone else's doorstep. Also, we do have the new 2024 offering envelopes available downstairs, right at the bottom of the stairs in the front porch. There is also a paper provided where you can write your name and then the number of the box of envelopes you take. There are weekly envelopes and monthly envelopes, and please take whichever fits your um, giving needs accordingly, but make sure you sign those out so we know who took which box. Finally, beginning January 21st, so in two weeks, we are going to begin a new sermon series entitled the 21-Day Wesley Prayer Challenge. The Wesley Covenant Prayer has been used in Methodist services around the world since it was introduced by John Wesley himself in 1755. Wesley expected that people would pray this prayer as a way of remembering, renewing, and surrendering themselves and trust to God. So for 21 days, we will learn the Wesley Covenant Prayer and consider our call to seek God's will for our lives as we continue to live into this new year. Now, friends, as we move into this time of worship, I'd like to invite us all, may we come with open hearts and open ears. May we come expecting God's presence to be at work and for God to speak our names during this time of worship. Will you join me in an attitude of worship?
Good morning. Please stand as you are able and join in the call to worship. <clears throat> God anointed Christ to console the afflicted. God anointed Christ to emancipate the enslaved. God anointed Christ to bind up the wounded. God anointed Christ to deliver the troubled. Please remain standing to sing hymn number 400 in the United Methodist Hymnal. scripture reading today comes from Matthew 2 verses 1 through 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people, Israel, then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search carefully for the child. When you found him, report to me so that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went and look, the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. Falling to their knees, they honored him. Then they opened their treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The word of the Lord for the people of God.
notice in your bulletin, it says uh, Pastor Brandy is doing the children's moments. Well, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I uh, have fight, we're fighting colds in our house right now, so I thought it would be best that I not sit down there among all the children. And I'm not gonna greet you all afterwards. I love you very much, but I love you enough to not give you what we have. So I wanna thank Anna for uh, pitch hitting very short notice with our children. And so I wanna invite the kids forward as Miss Anna shares our children's message this morning. Some of you, though, just came right up here, right? I think that um, we could probably make that adventure a little more fun. Because getting straight to the point, like jumping right to the stage, you guys just walked over. That was really easy. So I want to see, does anybody, does anybody want to go through our little, yeah? All right, go line up back behind the hop, what do you call that? Not hopscotch, yeah, that is hopscotch. All right, let's see if you do, let's see if you guys have more fun this way. Oh, okay, now for the tricky part. I'm really worried somebody's going to fall on this one. Keep coming, everybody come. Come on, come on. Oh, this is Rory's second time. He's experienced. You can tell the speed is going right there. Come on, Claire, start it up. Woo! <laughs> Doing great. Come on, Maddie. Go, go, Haley, you don't need to wait. Go, Maddie. Oh, I'm sorry. Lucy's next. Come on, Lucy. I know. I'm surprised they're waiting their turn. I thought they would go a lot faster. I'm so glad nobody's fallen yet. This is great. Come on, Evelyn. Oh, they're doing so good. Yeah. Oh, Kate. Oh, such good balance. Come on, Ada. So good. Ellen's got it. The balance is there. <gasps> okay, so which way took longer? This way. Which one was more fun? That way. I think you're right. So we knew at Christmas that there are wise men, scholars, scientists who came to see Jesus, right? They did. They came to see Jesus. And we know that because Cora was our magi. Right, Cora? And who did you follow? The star. And that was Claire in our pageant. So these magi followed the star. But do you know how far the magi came? From a really distant country. Yet to Mary and Joseph, they came all the way to Bethlehem. Now, what I think is amazing about that story is, do you think they stopped and talked to people on the way? Well, we know they talked to Herod, didn't they? Yeah. They were so excited about this trip. They did. They didn't take the short way. They took the long way. They followed the star. And do you know what? I think that God picked the right people. Because not only were they the smartest in their class, but they were willing to go without a car across countries to find Jesus. And they talk to people along the way, right? Now, you guys are willing to go on this adventure. How many of you would be willing to be like, I think I'm going to walk to Florida today? Oh, one! Yes! And you're smart enough to read maps, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Willing. Let's go to the beach. Yes! Now, not all of us are willing to walk to Florida, right? But Jesus has, um, I'm sorry, God has other ways to announce this really exciting news. So the Magi's went all the way there, and what was at the end of their crazy adventure? Jesus! Jesus wanted to be found. God wants us to know. There's this declaration. And so as they go, they were revealing to people, there's a king that's born! 
And then that king spent 30 years growing up. And do you guys remember something about a dove? Kind of. So Jesus was 30, and he decides he wants to go get baptized. That's a big deal. The whole point of a baptism is to declare your faith, right? But he went to be baptized, and God declared over Jesus too. The clouds parted, and a dove landed on Jesus and said, this is my son. Now, did Jesus do that his whole childhood? No, he let him go on an adventure first. God knows how to reach you. So not all of us are adventurers, like people who raise their hand. How many of us are readers? Yeah, that's me. Readers. A little bit? How does Jesus tell you that he loves you? The Bible. Good. How many of you are scientists? Like the Magi. Yeah, they're not just adventurers. They solved riddles and read the stars. That's amazing. So you know what the moral of the story is? God wants to be found, and he wants to be found by all of us. I think that's pretty cool. Okay, will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for the mysteries we get to find and the adventures we get to have all to find you. Thank you for going on adventures with us. Amen. Our second scripture reading today comes from Mark 1, 4 through 11. John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, one stronger than I is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit, like a dove, coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, You are my son, whom I dearly love. In you I find happiness. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Well, good morning. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. And I want to take a moment this morning to say thank you to Ruth and Wendy and to Phil for all uh, leading worship last week. Phil was um, a little hesitant when he walked through the door this morning. He wanted to know if he was allowed to still come in. So I think he's good. No one threw any tomatoes or no. But Phil, I want to thank you so much for, for your leadership and for the word that you brought to us last week. I was here and Phil preaching gave me an opportunity to go downstairs and be with the kids during children's church and I had a blast. But let me tell you, those kids were amped up. I think two weeks of um, sustenance of sugar alone will do that to you. But we got downstairs and they all politely took their seats around the table and then Miss Anna opened a can of worms an exploding can of worms, I'll call it. She asked the kids, what did you get for Christmas? And then it took about 0.2 seconds before the chaos erupted. Their eyes lit up. They all took one big inhale. Their bodies levitated out of their seats. And it began 
18 voices shouting the names of 812 different toys, five stories about each and every toy. We tried to get them to take turns, but they were just too excited, and it was spectacular. So many unnecessary details, so many extravagant embellishments, rabbit trails, squeals of joy. I have no idea what any of them were talking about, but boy, were they excited. You know, and that is how I envision the author of Mark's gospel feeling about all these other gospel writers. I imagine the author of Mark's gospel saying, I have no idea what those three are talking about, but boy, are they excited. You see, all this fuss about the Christmas story that we've been focused on for the past five weeks, Mark just skips right over it. Mark's mantra is just, let's get to the point. Angels, shepherds, wise men, Mary and Joseph, even the baby Jesus, none of it makes the cut for Mark's gospel. You see, for the author of Mark, it seems that Jesus' life began at his baptism. And maybe there's good reason. Maybe that day at the Jordan River has more to do with the birth narratives of Matthew and Luke and John's story of the word than we've ever given thought to before. Mark's gospel begins at the shore of the Jordan where Jesus' cousin John is preaching and he's calling the people to repentance. A crowd is gathered and John, he speaks to them and he's asking, are you ready? Are you ready to seek forgiveness? Are you ready to accept the Lord? Are you ready to enter God's kingdom? And are you ready for what God is going to do? Now, we have to pause here for a moment because I want you to think about who was in the crowd that day. Who was it that was gathered on the shore of the river? You see, it wasn't the good temple-going people that had come out to hear John. These people, these people gathered on the shores, they were sinners. So here they stood, lined up on the bank of the Jordan River, ready to turn away from their former life and to accept the salvation that God was offering. And it's right there, right in the middle of this group of sinners and outcasts. This is where Mark's gospel begins. Right in the middle of imperfect, bruised, broken sinners. Right there is where Jesus enters the scene. So slowly, Jesus makes his way through the crowd, bumping into everyday sinful people, brushing arms with lawbreakers, turning sideways to squeeze in between the unholy and the unclean, exchanging glances with adulterers as he passed by, and finally stepping into line, taking his place among the least of these, among broken people who were seeking God's healing and redemption, and Jesus is there. Doesn't sound all that different from the birth narratives, does it? Friends, this is Mark's story of the incarnation. This is Mark's story of God becoming flesh, coming among us as one of us. Do you see the connection? 
Do you see what this means for those who were gathered on the shore that day? Do you see what it means for us? Reverend Philip Martin writes, Mark may skip over some of the details of Jesus' life, but his message is clear. Jesus comes to be immersed in the experience of humanity. He didn't come to conceal himself among the religious elite or to sit quietly with the dignified. There will be no hiding Jesus. There will be no hiding Jesus' mission to be one of us, to feel all the pushes and the pulls of life here on earth. Mark very much wants us to recognize that Jesus came to be the human that God created us to be. And perhaps that's our problem. Reverend Martin goes on to ask, how often when we mess up do we say, oh, I'm only human. But when we say something like that, we are implying that humans by nature are sinful and imperfect and we cannot be expected to live up to God's standard. But that day, that day that Jesus walked through the crowd and waded into the baptismal water, it was not only for him. That moment, he changed our reality. He changed our lives. No longer is it because we are human that we make mistakes. It's because we are broken, because we are sinful. You see, sin distorts our humanity. It obscures the image of God that already lives within us. Reverend Martin describes it like this. He says, we take the word human and we drag it through the mud. But Jesus takes it back. He takes back the word human and he plunges it into the cleansing waters of baptism. But I got to tell you, that's not even the best part. Mark says that as John dunked Jesus below the surface of the water and brought him up, what happened? The dove appears. To be exact, Mark 1, verses 10 and 11 says, while he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven that said, you are my son, whom I dearly love. I wish this was written in all capital letters or in bold, because this is where the author of Mark is like those kids telling me about their Christmas gifts. Wide-eyed, bouncing around, barely able to contain his excitement. The heaven split open. The clouds parted. God spoke. Do you get it? Heaven had previously been cut off from humanity, closed off, and suddenly it splits open. The dividing line between God and human is no longer. The moment Jesus emerged from the water, God came near. It was an epiphany moment. It was a moment of revelation and realization. Because in that moment, when God split open the curtain between heaven and earth, God revealed God's self to us. And then when God spoke to Jesus and said, you are my son, whom I dearly love, Jesus brought God near to us. Because of Jesus, the very incarnation of God came close to us. 
And from that moment on, we could and we can know that God is here. Even now in this very moment, we can know that God is here and God is close. This message isn't unique to Mark's gospel, though. For those who are not avid lectionary followers, today is Epiphany Sunday and Baptism of the Lord Sunday. Two sermons in one. So I get an extra 20 minutes, right? They, the choir keeps pointing out that the clock is off back there, but you don't know that, right? Usually on Epiphany Sunday, we spend our time in Matthew's gospel journeying with the Magi. But when these two stories, Epiphany and Jesus' baptism, when they fall side by side, the preacher is tasked with connecting the two. I did not invent this connection. It's always been there. You see, those Magi from the East, they were not Jewish. Therefore, they had not been the ones crying out to God for generations for redemption to come. And yet, and yet, God split open the skies and revealed a star to them. A star that would lead people to the Christ child, to Emmanuel. It was revealed to foreigners of a different religion. like those ordinary, broken people standing on the shore of the Jordan River. The Magi saw heaven split open. They felt the brush of the divine among them. They heard a call from God. It was an epiphany moment. And like the Magi, like those people gathered on the Jordan's bank, we too have heard the message the message of Christmas, the message of Epiphany, the message of baptism all rolled into one. The heavens have split open. God is breaking into our world and into our lives, coming among us. Do not fear. Do not despair. God is here, is the message. Even when neighbor turns against neighbor, may you know God is here. Even when bombs are exploding around the world, may you know God is here. Even when hate and violence and death fill the airwaves, may you know that God is here. God split open heaven for the sinners on the shore that day. God placed a star in the sky for Gentiles from a foreign land. And friends, God is still drawing near to us, here and now. Yes, we are only human, but God is among us. God is with us, brushing against us, splitting open heaven and calling our names. God is pouring out grace and redemption through the ordinary and the extraordinary. So the question now is, are you willing to open your heart? Are you willing to open your life to the call of Christ? Are you willing to repent, to follow Christ into the life that God has been calling you to all along? Maybe today, maybe today it starts at this table. The table to which Christ said, everyone is invited. Everyone has a place at this table. Let us pray. Oh God, Come to us. Split open the heavens. Put a star in the sky. 
place the cup of salvation in our hands. And come, come to us now. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
here. On this first Sunday of the month, and especially on this Epiphany and Baptism of the Lord Sunday, we pause, we pause to remember and to recognize the grace that God has poured out on us through his one and only Son, our Savior. Today, I, I offer these words of communion. May we hear them in a new way. May we hear them each time in a new way. May we hear them with open hearts. And may we know that the salvation God offers us is freely offered to each and every one of us. All are invited to this table. Will you join me in our words of Holy Communion? Brothers and sisters, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him all who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. In his baptism and in table fellowship, he took his place with sinners. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks to God, broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, 
he took the cup. He gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Mighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. As we prepare to receive today the sacrament of Holy Communion, may I remind you that this table is open to everyone, that as United Methodists, we believe you do not have to be a member of this church or any church, but simply come with an open heart and with a willingness to receive the gift of grace that God offers. Pastor Ruth and I will serve each other and then we'll invite our other communion stewards forward and serve them and our choir will come down to receive. And then once they have gone through the line, we'll invite the rest of you to the two front corners to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion.
now we pause in this moment to reflect upon the blessings, the gifts and graces that God has poured out on us. And we seek to offer back to God our very lives and service to his kingdom. I invite you to stand with me as we sing together the words of our doxology and receive our tithes and offerings. Please rise as you are able. into this time of prayer, may we know that God hears our prayers. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you are the Lord of our beginnings and our endings and all that lies between. We come today praising you for all that you have poured out upon us for how you have reached out to us, for how you have come to us as one of us. We thank you, Father, for sending Jesus, born as one of us, and giving his life for our salvation. Yet in spite of your promises and your nearness, O oh Lord, too often, we think only of our own problems, our own needs, our own desires. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us and help us yearn for your presence. Pour out your baptismal grace over us and cleanse us of our self-pity and our arrogance. Nourish us and heal us. Wash away jealousy, greed, and sin. Wash away all that stands in our way. And the way of being the people that you have called us to be. And may we remember now that you, O oh God, take our broken promises and you turn them into vows of faithfulness. You listen to our prayers of confession and you change them into songs of mercy. Let us come to you, the one who pours forgiveness into our lives, and let us lift our prayers before you. Father God, we lift up Ann Holmes, the one who created our sanctuary wall quilt and our stained glass, we lift her up as her eyesight is worsening. God, we pray for your presence to be at work in and through Anne, especially as she works to complete a stained glass window project. We pray for your spirit to sustain her and strengthen her. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. God, we lift up all those who are dealing with illness and health issues right now. May you bring comfort and healing to those who are fighting colds, to those who have COVID, Lord, to those who fight bigger battles. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We continue to lift up Linda and Jay Epley. Rob McCurdy, Nancy Fleming, Gary Clawson, Don Traxler, and Gene Smith. Lord, we pray that your spirit will fill each heart with strength, comfort, and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Father God, draw near to us. Empower us now with a boldness 
to speak against injustice and oppression in our world. Soften our hearts and fill us with the spirit of compassion and mercy. Remind us again that Christ's birth and baptism brought your love and grace to each and every person. Gracious God, who makes and keeps covenant with your people, you've called us to be a light to the nations, to open eyes that are blind, to set prisoners free, to testify to your love and mercy. Help us now, O oh Lord, to commit ourselves to live as Christ's apostles, to live as evangelists and teachers, to serve as his feet and his hands, to be his light and his grace in this world. You came near to us. You placed a star in the sky. You split in the, open the heavens so that we might know so that we might know you. Call us now to repent and to turn to you. Open our hearts to share your love with our neighbor, with our enemy, and with our world. We pray all these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. <clears throat> And now, as the people of God, for whom the star has shone and the heavens have split open, God has called us by name. Let us stand and sing together our closing hymn, number 187, Rise, Shine, You People. Please rise as you are able. Christmas decorations, we would greatly appreciate your help. Now, friends, may you hear these words of blessing. By the leading of a star, 
by the baptism of Christ, God has made known to you his only son. And so we ask God to lead us so that by faith we will know his presence and we will see his glory face to face. These things we offer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with God and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.